Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Ned Ryerson to my Phil Connors. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Gotta watch that first intro, Nathan. It's a doozy. And our very own Larry the Cameraman. That's right, it's Eric <laughs> Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to be missed a lot. You'll be, you're going to be missed. That's a really nice guy. I a lot. I like how you uh, were like. I gotta go to the Wikipedia to look up the last names on this, and the character's have, last name is the cameraman. They didn't give him a last name. Man. They didn't give him a last name. I should have just made one up. Oh, just it was so it. good. No, it was way better this way. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> the big news of the week: Geno Smith signs three years, one hundred and five million. Let's talk about before we saw structure. Okay, before we saw structure, three one oh five. Okay. What was your initial reaction, Eric, to to uh, three years? So that's about $35 million a year. So three years, $35 million a year uh, contract for Geno Smith. What was your reaction? I hated it. I hated it very much. I was in the camp of re-sign Geno if it really, really helps this team. Do not pay him top quarterback money. Um, listen, I like Geno Smith. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's talented. I'm glad that he had such a coming out party last year, but it he's not a you player that I really want to spend that much money on. I think you don't want to overpay for a single career year, right? You don't want to overpay for exactly. that. Exactly. And I think that money should be reserved for a guy who wins you lots of games. And 30, 35 million a year just felt like that was like the most I could possibly like even consider. Like it was like oh. right at the line, you know, and it's like thir- three, three, one Oh five. Ah, you, there's and, no information out there. And I, I'm kind of like, I'm like, I need to see the structure. The structure has got to be good. Right. Yeah. And it's at that. I just kind of went, of course they did. Of course they did. Okay. Well it's done. And then that's when I looked at the structure. Yeah, classic and the, Seahawks the, overpay the, for their guy. Exactly, it, was really? cla- it felt like a classic Seahawks movie. Like, oh man, we gave him a lot of money, and yeah, this guaranteed number is pretty low, so we probably can get out of it after two years. But man, it's just tough to be the team that always kind of overpays your guys. Then the structure comes out, and it's like every piece of news that leaked just made it better and better and better. It does sound like the Seahawks really did set that hard line. They told Gino their line. Was three seventy five. Uh, now three seventy five. I mean, I think all three of us would be over the moon about that, right, Kevin? Yeah, pretty happy with that. Uh, but like, like you were saying, as the details came out on the contract, it was like the Vince McMahon meme, where it's just like every time a detail comes out, you just get more and more excited. <laughs> Starting out, you're like, hmm, we resigned him, huh? And then it's like, oh, oh, oh. Then, but so okay, so and it's three seven. My background turned red, and I fell over in my chair. That's how. That's how it ended. That's how. Three, so it starts when out I three ten million on the first year. I was like, ooh, three years, seventy five million. Uh, there's lots of bonuses, but the bonuses are not like super easy to get. It's two million, uh, two million dollars per thing he does, which is beat last year's yards, beat last year's completion percentage, which was like league leading, <laughs> beat beat last beat last year's touchdowns, uh, beat last year's win totals. Uh, so it's like, it's like, uh, he has to do a lot to get the incentives. It's not, these aren't like layup incentives or anything. It's, well, then it's, it's a like, five Hey, mil incentive if he gets all of them too. Yeah. Right. If he gets all of them. So it's like, he has to be really good. He bet on Gino bet on Gino in this contract. And I mean, on a one level, like he is getting three seventy five, which is way more money than he's ever made in his career. It's an exceedingly fair deal for a mid market quarterback, but we've seen in the past 
you got to overpay these guys, right? How many guys have we seen, Eric, that get that got overpaid that are kind of these mid-level quarterbacks? What are some I mean, guys? <laughs> Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Look at what's going on out there now with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we see it over and over. You yeah. got to get to get these guys into your into your team. You got to pay them forty million dollars a year. But Gino was like, no, three three seventy five is good. And if I want more, I'll go out on the field and I'll earn it. And so the Seahawks, this is a total win win. It's um, they can they they can draft a quarterback, and if Gino's not working out, we can cut him after this year for save and cap savings of fourteen million dollars. We can cut or we can keep him to mentor the young quarterback and cut him after the following year to save $25 million in cap and only have a $9 million dead cap number. This contract is extremely friendly to the Seahawks in terms of both cap flexibility and thing. And at this point, I think if the Seahawks went to Gino after this year and said, Hey, you know, we drafted Anthony Richardson, he's our guy now and you're going to be the backup. Gino would be like, all right, stretch me out so we can make some moves. Like give me a higher guaranteed number and stretch me out for the rest of my career. Give me, give me, make yeah. my, turn my contract into five thirty all guaranteed. I'm in. I'm, I'm back every year for six million dollars. Like that's that just seems like the guy he is at this point. And I'm and oh yeah, but of course, if I start, you got to give me an extra thirty million incentives or whatever. <laughs> that's it. Like you know, he just put put it in, put it into writing. I mean, Gino a two seems million like bonus for every game I start. <laughs> I mean, I think that he would do that, and I think it would be completely fair. Like Gino, Gino seems like he really wanted to work with the team. Um, at this point, put him in the ring of honor. Like, like that's he is such a team player for this contract. I he he buys the culture, he gets it. He is he is the guy. I am very, a huge Geno Smith fan uh, at this point. I think Geno Smith seven jersey is uh, one of the best purchases you can make as a. Seahawks I was just fan. gonna. I was just gonna ask you that. Will you? Would you get his jersey? Yeah, I, I don't have a Russell Wilson jersey, and I think I might get a Geno Smith one. That should tell you. And Russ was here for a long time, and but he just never earned my love like the way this Geno Smith contract does. This this guy cares about the team as much as I do, you know, and that's like very endearing to me. Uh, he's great. I love it, Geno Smith. I mean, I honestly, I hope he balls out is the best quarterback in the league next year and earns every incentive because because it's good for the Seahawks. <laughs> If yeah, yeah. if Geno Smith's really good next year, it's really good for the Seahawks, and it's good for Geno. And I'm I'm rooting for him now. I want if Geno he hits to be... every one of those escalators. He's worth every dollar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's awesome because I mean, then we're paying the mid market for a top ten performance. <laughs> right, and I mean thirty five million dollars. It's like if you're getting the number one quarterback in the league for thirty five million, yeah, you you take that, you take those. <laughs> so man, what a what a de- what a deal for both sides. Geno gets a chance to really prove it and be the dude. We get a chance to kind of work. Uh, work the cap, massage the rest of the Russell Wilson deal and all that dead money off of our, off of our uh, salary cap. And man, it's just a bit, it's an exciting time right now. It's exciting because now anything is possible. That <clears throat> we could we have cap to sign guys. We have we have moves to make. Uh, the Seahawks are are really uh, looking at. It. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we get closer to the draft. Uh, but there's another Geno Smith thing I wanted to do. Johnny Kinsley. Uh, which is Deep Ball Blitz on Twitter. A really great follow if you like like t- uh, statistics. Uh, he finished his deep ball project for last year, uh, which is what he does is he charts every deep ball, which is passes thrown over a certain number of yards. I can't I believe it's uh, 20, 20 air yards, 21 plus air yards. OK, yeah. so every he watches every throw, 21 plus air yards. He rates it on accuracy, um, accurate incompletion, inaccurate incompletion, completions. Uh, he voids passes that are like obvious throwaways or like uh, st- and stuff like that. Um, and so then he comes up with a completion percentage and Geno Smith threw 33 accurate passes on 52 deep throws, uh, hmm. which is 
first. That's first in accuracy percentage, 63.46%. Second place was 57. A lot of guys living in the 50 to 55 range. Uh, That's a high number of attempts too. There are not a ton of guys who attempted more long passes than that. Uh, Deep balls are part of the system, right? Is, is, uh, is Gino, Gino a better system fit than maybe we might've expected at first? What do you guys think? Uh, I think that I think he was a guy that Pete thought could probably run the system for a short time and then was kind of blown away by what he did. That's the only reason I can explain Geno's hype. Yeah, I think the let Geno Smith movement uh, was really important when they kind of took the uh, they 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 opened the throttle um, kind of after the first couple of weeks and allowed him to really take those deep shots and his turnover worthy plays went up, but at the same time. Like that's a necessary component in the offense if we're going to be a the high powered offense that we know the team is capable of. So I, he is he's a better systems fit because we didn't know this deep ball accuracy was there. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's we thought he was of, just like check down Geno. That's enough Geno Smith talk. Now we got to get into uh, some some draft thoughts. But there was another draft storyline that emerged over the last couple of weeks. Eric, Kevin. Did you see the Pete Carroll versus Sauce Gardner tw- Twitter slash interview battle? <laughs> the greatest that, battle in, in Seahawks history of recent memory. Oh, so Sauce Gardner heated it up. <laughs> Sauce Gardner at the combine. They asking him questions about oh, what was this? What was the most uncomfortable interview? And he said, "Oh, Pete Carroll was, and the Seahawks was the most uncomfortable interview. Pete Carroll got way too close to me." Yeah, he said, "I didn't, I didn't like how." Uh, He's a close talker, and then he kept interrupting me, which so, was one of those things so, was on brand. So then uh, Pete shows some pictures from the interview, and they're like sitting in chairs, like not particularly close. With a table between them. Yeah, yeah. but a large table. There's a banquet table between them. And he tags next-gen stats, which <laughs> says, can so you good. guys make a measurement here so I can see how far away this is? <laughs> And then Sauce gets mad and he <laughs> responds, but he like tweet and deletes about 10 different responses. He workshops about 10 different responses before he settles on, you know what I'm talking about, which is like what? <laughs> I, I don't actually. I, know, I was I not there. But the, and there's pictures right here in front of me that show that you're kind of full of it. So I just want to ask you this question, Eric. Is there any ever been a player who's had their feelings hurt more than Sauce Gardner for being second in the initial Pro Bowl vote, vote I, to Tariq Woolen? I know. Um, <laughs> it's uh, It felt very personal throughout the year. Remember when he said, like he made the Pro Bowl, he said, I don't know who I was close to, but thanks for voting me in. And I was like, that's rude. Like, you don't you don't know who you don't know. Who you know exactly who you were behind. That's You're a, BS, yeah, man. Yeah. So, um this this felt this felt really awesome. Just it, it's a little win for the Seahawks, hundred percent. Yeah, Sauce Sauce really took the whole like uh, defensive rookie of the year Pro Bowl race really personally in a way that I mean a lot of these top athletes are kind of like they got to find every little slight to kind of motivate themselves, right? It's kind of my Bobby Wagner theory, like why he was so good last year is because he was just <laughs> pissed I hope off you're wrong. <laughs> We, we just pissed off that we cut him. You know, he's just so angry. And yeah, just same thing here. It's uh, it, it's it's just like okay, the you're mad. We get it. You got to be mad to motivate yourself. But it's, it, he looks so petty. 
You know what I love? Kevin, Kevin, you're really petty. Do you appreciate this level of pettiness? <laughs> uh, you know what I actually appreciate about this? Um, this is classic Pete Carroll. He was chiding the guy to see how he reacted to being messed with to see if like wide receivers could get under his skin. So he kept interrupting him during the interview. I bet you that was what was I going agree, on. I agree, Kevin. And uh, so I both appreciate the petty self-motivation and I appreciate the way that Pete Carroll purposefully messed with him and clearly, clearly got under his skin. So I don't know if he'd have been picking if he was in there at, uh, at, at 10. Not a, not a Pete Carroll guy. Do you think, Sa- do you think Sauce Gardner uh, will get his necklace snatched at some point in his career like uh, Michael Crabtree? <laughs> <laughs> I just got to bring that up as many oh, times. Keep to leave has, has proven out to be like a bad person. <laughs> like he had some kind of like gunfight thing at a children's football game, but that is like an all time <laughs> NFL on field moment, oh, just snatching gosh. people's necklaces and stuff. Okay, uh, Quandre Diggs. Mama gave me that chain. <laughs> in, in in other Twitter news, Quandre Diggs is out there recruiting. Anytime a defensive free agent comes up, he is putting them in his ads. He's uh he's doing jokes about it. He's trying to get them to come up here and play in the Great Northwest. Do you think? Do you guys think that Quandre Diggs could help us land a big free agent this year? Like, it, obviously, the ones we can get people here, they love the culture, right? It's obvious that players love the culture up here. They love playing up here, but it is hard to convince people to even give us a shot, right? Being so secluded from the rest of the league in the city, obviously has a reputation for being gray and rainy. Uh, is Quandre giving us a, a better shot at getting one of these free agents like Levante David or Bobby Wagner back? Or well, obviously we have a leg up with Bobby. He wants to. I think he wants to come back. <laughs> but the other guys, Levante David and things and guys like that, are we? Are, do you have a shot with these guys because of Quandre? What do you guys think? I, I think we have a shot with, with Quandre and Bobby in the history here. I don't know how many guys Quandre is really going to bring in that we that we weren't expecting to get. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. a big name, I mean, like he, 32 minutes ago, uh, they announced Ryan Kelly's available for trade and he quote tweeted it and, and tagged <laughs> Geno Smith. Like he, he really is out here. Like he really is out here, like working the, the line. Nino must be the best uh, teammate because of like all the, like, you know, fake Twitter feuds that he has with like, teammates about and all them cracking jokes about his height and them messing with each other and everything that dude must be great i want him to make the pro bowl every year just so he can be recruiting at the pro bowl talking up guys wives and kids about how great seattle is and like uh starting inside jokes and stuff they just want to be here to be teammates with uh with nino and i think another thing about Quandre too is that he is the first guy like if something good happens to one of those teammates to retweet it and like like talk about talk them up and be like you deserve it that's my boy or like put like a money bag emoji or whatever but yeah he's out there trying to recruit Zadarius smith he's, he's, he's ryan 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 kelly he's he's just he's just recruiting man he's he's out there recruiting so yeah and i was really and worried about his season last year before it got started I'm glad that he had a good season. He's yeah, it, it he's started deserving. slow too, but yeah. I mean, we I think we've learned by now uh, for a lot of guys an ACL. Even though you can play earlier, it's about a year where to where you are, you are where you are what you were before. Whether that's just trusting your leg completely or just strengthening it back up, um, you know that just it just takes a long time. That's a t- it's a tough injury, and yeah, we saw about the same time he got hurt last year. This year he started to take off. He was that guy again, the 100. percent one of the best free safeties in the entire league. 
Yeah, I think the other piece with Diggs we've seen is that uh, continuity matters a lot for him. If he knows what the other DBs are doing, he can be uh, like proactive, and that's when he's able to make breaks and make interceptions. Yeah. So, okay, that's 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 all I had for uh, for for Seahawks news this week. Uh, let's <laughs> where this week we're going to talk about wide receivers and tight ends, and it's been so long since we did our uh, our kind of preview of the roster that i thought it'd be good to go back and look with eric eric here uh, at the current state of the roster at these positions so at tight end we have fant i'm glad that you went with me with tight end you're like i can't wait to talk to eric about tight end his favorite (laughs) position the position that if the seahawks drafted tight end in the first round he's moving to another nfl city <laughs> Fant, Disley, <laughs> Parkinson, Mabry. This isn't a huge need for a first round pick, right? We have two guys here that that can really play. Would, would you agree? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then, Disley a wider, little overpaid, but and Fant's making a decent chunk of change here for the fifth year option as well. But the so we've already invested in the position. I don't think it's a priority for the team unless like the perfect guy kind of falls into their lap. Uh, wide receiver. Metcalf, Lockett, Eskridge, Young, Thompson, Hart. Do we, do we need to pick up a third guy here to complement, uh, obviously, the big two in Metcalf and Lockett, Eric? I think we need another receiver. Absolutely. Tight end, though. Man, maybe in the sixth round. I am now not. You, now you know why we combined these positions. I know. I know. <laughs> I just. Because, like, know... yeah, we, we kind of need a wide receiver, but we really don't need a tight end. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to go over the the names, I'm sure, for every round, but there's no way I want a tight end. Like, if we get a tight end, we pick up an extra third rounder and pick up a tight end. I'm going to be mad. So you, that means we're going to do it 100%. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so here we go. Tier one. Uh, I broke these guys into three tiers. Uh, and there's, there's so many names at wide receiver, especially, that are probably going to get drafted. Mostly because wide receiver gets deeper and deeper every year. There are so many guys that are day day late day two, early day three guys uh, at this position in a way that other positions cannot claim. Yeah, uh, legitimately that, in the ballpark of 30 wide receivers get drafted in a given year. And that's because they can play special teams really well. They, you you carry like seven receivers on your roster. It's one of the, the deepest positions on your roster. You could put three of them on the field at the same time, which is not true of many other positions. So receiver is just a position that goes deeper and uh, gets more looks. Because of that, there's definitely going to be guys we don't talk about that we maybe should but but there's only so much time in this episode and we're going to get to it so first of all I'll start with category number one these are guys that um we probably wouldn't we wouldn't hate it if the seahawks took them at number 20 uh so this is the uh kevin would you uh would you be in agreement that none of the receivers or tight ends in this draft really are are number five worthy for you i would agree um i just don't think any of them are that kind like i think none of them are clear game-breaking number one wide receivers and that's what yeah. you take in the top 10 i mean for me i'm at this point at number five you take one of those four quarterbacks whichever one's left you take you take will anderson jr if you really believe in the system you take Jalen carter or you don't draft there you trade back to one of the quarterback needy teams to come up and get the fourth quarterback or whatever i don't i don't really want to stick around in that spot if the if the seahawks aren't unless they're just crazy about someone else but even then the position i trust their evaluation most at at this point is quarterback i totally am bought into whatever quarterback evaluations pete and john do so i want them to get their guy there 
Um, all right, let's start with the uh, okay at 20 category then. Uh, start with a guy I think we're in agreement with, Jackson's, Jackson's. Oh my gosh, I cannot. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Jigba, okay. Um, I think the thing that excites me the most about this, this guy is that we've had a couple of great wide receivers who played with him come into the NFL now, okay, and they say that this is – they say that he is the best of, of them. Uh, so, you know, you got Garrett Wilson. You got Chris Olave. These are excellent wide receivers, very, very good, and they say that this guy is better than them. <laughs> That's that's a great start for any scouting process for me, at least. I don't agree with that, actually. <laughs> I don't think that's true. But they talk this guy up like he is the best of the three of them. Why do you think that they say that, Kevin? Why do you think they say he's the best? Um, because he outplayed them in 2021. Okay. Like, clearly outplayed them. He was the He was the number one receiver for Ohio State in 2021. He was just injured in 2022. Um, he's my th- number one wide receiver in this draft. I th- he's number two for me, but they're close. I I love the way he just plays tough in the middle of the field. He's like he will find the holes in your defense and run a a good route in the middle of the field in a way that he gets open. He's open. Yeah, he he's murders gonna be, zone. He's just gonna be open in the every play. He's gonna be open in the middle of the field, and like that is that is invaluable in the modern NFL offense because it stretches a defense. It's yep. you got to stretch your linebackers. Now they got to get depth because if they don't get depth, this guy's going to kill you or your safeties, my comp. your mm. safeties are, your safeties are going to, your safeties, they got to roll down. They got to roll down because if they don't, this guy is going to kill you like this. This is like what I think makes him an exciting prospect. It's not like, it's not like he's crazy fast. It's, he doesn't run the greatest routes I've ever seen. Uh, he's, he doesn't like have like amazing wiggle after the catch or anything, but he just always finds a way to get open in the middle of the field in a way that is, I think, super exciting. Like it's you can't really teach it. You can't really teach the instincts this guy has on a football field. He's just he's awesome. So yeah, I mean that the problem is, is like like okay, his athleticism's not amazing. So it, it, there is a non-zero chance he gets to the league, and he can get covered now. I don't think that's there though. I think he 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 tested well enough for me with the uh, with the, the athletic testing that he did. He did uh, four point four eight. It was not. I, I was not looking for four three with this guy. Right. No. It's just like I was just looking for not embarrassing. And uh, he ran faster than Keenan Allen, so he's good. Because <laughs> I think that's the kind of player he is. The kind of yeah. Keenan Allen, like oh, I just find my way into being open on every play because I'm a ge- I'm a football genius. Yeah, that, Keenan Allen it. and CD Lamb are my uh, are my comps. Yeah, I think a Two lot of guys who com- just they get open. A lot of people compare him to Jarvis Landry too because of the potential inside-out flexibility like Landry has. Like you prefer him in the slot, but he can play outside if you need him to. I think that's a really uh, fair comparison as well. Yeah. Um, all right. He's just going to be productive if he's your number two. That's a really good receiving core. Yeah. All right. Let's go to my. Let's go to my favorite, Kevin. We'll go straight there. It's Jordan Addison out of USC. Uh, a lot of people were disappointed by the combine. Pro, uh, combine results, but I was in the same situation I was with the, the, with the last player we talked about, which is that I just needed to make sure he didn't do horrible. And um, the the way the thing I think I love about Addison is he just has like the Tyler Lockett style footwork off the line of scrimmage to get off his guy every single time. He's he always he always finds a way to like defeat his man at the line of scrimmage that cro- like a if him he's got a half step in his pocket whenever he needs it 
him having learning that crossover move from from Tyler Lockett uh, stuff like that. It's the perfect guy to pair him up with, to be honest with you. It's why I want him so bad, because he has those features like Tyler Lockett. Um, and I think it'd be the perfect guy to learn from because he he can be the next. He can be the next Tyler Lockett, in my opinion. That's kind of the player I see him most like um, he's. He's runs these. He runs really good routes. Uh, that's kind of what stood out to me on the tape. What do you like about Jordan Addison, Kevin? Uh, like you said, he's just uh, the Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison are my number one and number two because the best skill you can have in the NFL is getting open, and these two guys just get open, present a good target to the quarterback, and then they catch the ball, and usually it's a first down. Like that's also, that's invaluable. I also feel like Addison's just good off platform too. Like he he kind of knows how to. And same with the Smith, Smith and Jigba. They they both know how to kind of do stuff to get over. Yeah, they can right. come back to the quarterback. They can scramble drill really well. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And they were both also like the featured guy in an offense for at least one season, for Addison for three seasons. And so you know that they can kind of handle the load, so to speak, or they can be the focus of a defense. All right, and both of these guys, too, fit what the Seahawks want really well, which is like, we can play these guys in the slot or outside. There's positional flexibility. We can create matchup problems using them and Tyler uh, kind of interchangeably. I think that, that they would make a great addition to the offense. Now, what if I, what if we just, Eric, what if we just got a big guy that can run but, fast? Oh, uh, he's, he's <laughs> called DK Metcalf. We have him. I'm looking at him right now. Oh, yeah. So DK Metcalf. Well, there's another, there's another uh, big guy out there who we could go for. And that's Quinton Johnson out of TCU. Now, Kevin, I know you're, you're not as crazy about Quinton Johnson as uh, kind of the draft heads. So what do you, what did you, what do you see when you throw on the tape for Quinton Johnson? So Johnston has really good size, speed, and athleticism. I think that's unquestionable. Um, he can play out wide. He can play in the slot. Uh, the, he has good hands, but he has like a lot of concentration drops, which is always frustrating. Kind of reminds me of DK in that way. Um, one of the big things with him is he's always looking for what he can do after the catch. And so I think that makes him less effective at the catch point. He reminds me a lot of Brandon Ayuk, where he has games where he takes over and games where he completely disappears. And that's always kind of worrying if I'm taking a wide receiver in the top 20. So for me, that's why he's just not quite there. Like his, his pension for just not showing up in a game is worrisome. All right, Feldman's Freak, number 23. This is what I, you know I love this. 6'3", 210, uh, 42 inches vert, uh, broad jumped 11 feet. He's he's ran a 4'4", 40. Uh, he's back squatted 575 pounds. Uh, hmm. This guy this guy is a physical freak. Yep. Uh, his Like you said, Kevin, his hands can be questionable. He doesn't run like every route. Uh, but the route the, the thing that I – will say and this is this was true of dk as well and it's something in retrospect i wish i would have noticed sooner is that yeah he runs a more limited route tree but he runs all those routes really well and dk was the same way he ran a limited route tree but he ran all the five routes they were asking him to run or whatever really really well and so i don't think i do not think that johnston will have a problem running a a more uh typical route tree the rookie year might not be great that's that's what I'll say about him is that I think he has the highest ceiling of any prospect in this class for wide receivers, but the rookie year might be like a classic old school because you know we see rookies come in now and get fourteen hundred yards, <laughs> so so like uh, with like uh, with with uh, Justin Jefferson that that's not gonna happen with Johnston. Johnston is he gonna might come look more in like Traylon Burks. Yeah, he's gonna get like six hundred or seven hundred yards. He'll look okay. You'll see flashes of it, and then maybe he'll make the leap in year two or three. So that's kind of um. 
where I'm at with him. Okay. Uh, the only tight end uh, I put on the OK at 20 list is Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. Kevin, you're you're not in love with Michael Mayer either, correct? Uh, no, I think the big thing is I think our lack of need at tight end makes 20 kind of rich. I do think that he's a top 20 talent for someone. But if we're taking a wide receiver at 20, I need them to be a viable number two or number three target in an offense. And while he was that for Notre Dame, it was mostly because Notre Dame's offense lacked any quality receivers. So here's the thing. This guy is big. <laughs> he's six. He's a legit 6'4", 6'5", 250. He can run block. He's tough. Uh, he can move. He will He will be moving the chains in the middle of the field. I. We want someone who can play in line. You know, that's kind of something the Seahawks, I think, are looking for. Uh, and this guy can do that. I, I think Mayer's a good fit for what the Seahawks want. The question is, yeah, do we need do we need to take one at twenty? Uh, who's your player comparison for him? Uh, Pat Fryermuth for uh, the Steelers. He just kind of does it. all the classic tight end stuff. A lot of people, a lot of people say Jason Witten, which I kind of yeah. dig because he's because he's pretty sure handed, and that's yes. like what I always loved about Witten was like, uh, he he yeah he's not doing anything after the catch, but. <laughs> But he's gonna catch it, which is which is nice. That's what Aaron Hernandez used to do too. Um, Jason, no, he used to murder people. That's I was what I was like. Don't bring up Aaron Hernandez, Eric. And Kevin's gonna say something, or Nathan's gonna go ooh. You've got that sticky note on your on your on your. uh... (laughs) But then, but then I was like, no, man, it's it's Sunday. You can do whatever you want. Um, (laughs) Scouting report for Aaron Hernandez. (laughs) <laughs> really kills uh, it off the field. Really off the field. How dare you? Uh, no, I, I would, I would love Jason Witten though. That would be nice. Uh, I, I think that, you know, this is kind of what Will Disley does though. For me, it's like a fall. It's a nice fallback plan. It's a nice plan B. If like the draft isn't really board isn't falling the way we want it to, and twenty at twenty, we're sitting there and there's no one we love. Michael Mayer is a premier talent, and yeah. I, for me, he's. If I'm making a list, and I said I have about 15 guys, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna end up putting a first round grade on 15 to 20. That's my range. If he's the only guy that Seahawks have left with a first round grade, they should pick him. That's that's my opinion. Is that like if he's their only first round grade guy left, you cannot think about the positions anymore in the modern NFL. Guys just don't play past their rookie contract that often, and so just taking the best talents is better, is much better to me than. than anything else so anyway let's go these are guys that we think they should look at in the second round maybe 205 maybe 220 just depends on uh so those are be pick 51 right 51 and yep. 36 Seven. because 37 okay wait isn't it 36 because dolphins don't have a first uh, so round pick? the pick still counts as a pick for counting picks oh but, okay so it's the 36th player in the 37th pick because the nfl's <laughs> stupid <laughs> All right, let's let's start with a, let's start with the fast guy who I love, and I I don't I I think might have uh, first round potential for other people, but probably won't make it there. That's Tennessee's Jalen Hyatt. Um, what, what what's great about Jalen Hyatt, Kevin? Dude is fast. It's so like fast. he ran a four four, and people are gonna be like, well, other people ran faster than that, and it's gonna be like, yeah, but go watch, like. Teams had to respect his verticality in such a way that they gave him crazy amounts of cushion underneath, and he kind of learned how to run some underneath routes. So that's pretty cool. Um, like he's really athletic. His, he's really fast. Is, he's just a great his, vertical threat. 
His tape is hilarious because it's just a guy <laughs> running vertical routes from the slot. That's all he does. He just runs all these vertical routes from the slot. And it's like, how do you project this into the NFL? His it's floor di- is Philip Dorsett and his ceiling is Will Fuller that's healthy. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like he could be anything. I would not be surprised if he was the best ride receiver when all things are said and done from this draft. I also wouldn't be surprised if he never never beats 600 yards in a season because it's just really difficult to project in the NFL level. He's fast. He run he run good. <laughs> I don't know what he else run to good. <laughs> he run good, man. I I love him. I love Jalen Hyatt. I'm into it. So uh, let's go with another guy that I think is clearly a guy that Seattle could be looking at around to. That's tight end Luke Musgrave. Um, did Musgrave Im- impress you uh, at the combine, Kevin? Future announcer. Um, yeah, I mean, he was good in the announce. Or thank you, Eric. Um, he was good in. He was good in like the forty. His athletic testing was good. Um, for him, which was for really his size, for his size, I'm going to go past his athletic testing was good. Yeah, dude, his six, le- six two fifty. His athletics testing was nuts. Four six at six six, like that. This guy can can move, and I like if you want a guy who can maybe be a vertical threat. In a, at, from the tight end position, this is this is the dude I think. But how do you feel about players that are both twenty three years old already and raw? Yeah, he, he, he I got a guy a, for you. Doesn't run a lot of routes, um, but he has the tools. That's the thing. Yes, and, and he has we would all not, tools. and we would not need him to be good this year. We would just need him to block some and run a couple vertical routes. Like he could totally be the kind of guy we saw Parkinson be last year, where he catches catches a couple pretty awesome touchdowns, and but he's a way better blocker than that. Like way his ceiling as a blocker is a lot better too. He doesn't have like the narrow frame. Yeah, he's huge. It's just a big it's a big boy. So I, I'm excited. I'm kind of excited about the idea of Musgrave. Um I'm into it. I would be into it, especially at the top round too. I'd be like I'd be like, oh cool. We because I want us in the in the first two rounds, I will say this. I want to see another offensive weapon. Whether that's a running back a second running back or a third tight end or a third wide receiver. Or, you know, if Disley's not ready, maybe even our second tight end. I just want to see us picking up <laughs> another weapon here because it, it will open up the offense even more. We could have the best offense in the league with uh, with like a one, you know, one one free agent offensive lineman, one drafted offensive lineman, and then one more weapon. This is the this is the number one DVOA offense in the league. That's that's how good I think we could be. So that's that's why I want to do it. All right, yeah, John. we saw when Disley went out um, and we lost kind of that safety net and Lockett was out, the offense kind of stagnated. So I agree, adding another viable third option, um, whether it's somebody catching passes out of the backfield, whether it's um, a tight end or a wide receiver, adding something there I think is really important. I think for Musgrave, the thing for me is he's basically the same age. I think Dalton Kincaid might be a better player. Okay. I can I can see why you'd say that. I don't – okay, we'll get, let's do Dalton Kincaid. Then. Let's go straight to it. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Uh, the PFF board loves him. He's even older. Than, yeah, he's he's than, like uh, a year older. Yeah, he's like They're a whole old. year older. Um, the move. My thing about Kincaid is is he looks smaller. I know he's like he weighed two forty at the combine or whatever, but I just he looks smaller to me than than Musk. In a in a way that that I might be worried. I might be worried he's gonna. He he's might got be more of the, a Gerald Everett build. Might be the next uh, hmm. thing, but he didn't do any athletic testing either, which bothered me. It made me feel like he, because he weighed in at two forty six at the combine, and you he knew he had to weigh over two forty, and the closer to two fifty, the better. 
And then he comes in, he weighs 246 and he does an athletic test, which says to me, I've been eating a lot of protein shakes and drinking gallons of water and now I can't run. That's what that says to me. Okay. Just been sloshing down the track. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I, yeah, I, I could run the 40. I'll throw up halfway through it. Like that's, that's <laughs> that way. That's the way it looked to me. And so I'm, I'm other people are like, Oh, it doesn't matter that he didn't test to me. It matters a lot because what's he going to, what if he weighs 238 at his pro day? Like there are, do you know how many starting tight ends in the NFL weighed under 240 last year? Not a lot. Three. That's <laughs> it. That's three out of 32. That's it's just not very many. He's 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 got a narrow window to NFL success in my opinion, but he is a really good pass catcher. And if we took him in round two because we believed in him, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be I wouldn't be disappointed at two two twenty or whatever. That's if we're sure about fine. Disley's health, I feel better taking Kincaid. If we're not sure, then I want somebody with more blocking upside. Yeah. Okay. Uh Josh Downs. Love wide receiver. Him. You lo- I know you love him. My can son, tell you- Josh Downs. Can I tell you why he- he's not going to be a Seattle Seahawk? Sure. Okay, he's five ten. He's one one seventy five, and I don't see anything on the tape that makes me think he can be like a good blocker. Like, I just don't see an in zone run offenses. This is what might kill Addison for the Seahawks too. Although I he looked a little better at it on tape, but you got to be able to block on the, from the slot. You just have to be able to do it. And it's it's kind of something that I think is we're weaker at now. And one of the reasons I want to get one of the like Smith Smith Najibwa might be a really he has adequate size to be a really good slot blocker. And I I kind of worry about Josh Downs in that role uh as as a fit. He is really good at pass catching and getting open in the middle of the field though. <laughs> I'm not gonna not yeah. gonna not even gonna try to argue against that. His footwork is awesome. Um, he, he reminds just, me a lot of Lockett. It's just like Addison. He's he's like Addison, but sli- like just slightly worse. I mean, Ad- Lil Addison. <laughs> he is kind of Lil Addison, little Jordan Addison. Yeah. Little Jordan Addison. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing about Downs is is that he's kind of a body catcher a little bit, um, and I think yeah. And in, in your if you're leading a blocking train with Josh Downs, he's going to get pancaked or gone, but blown by. I think I agree about Which, the blocking critique. The thing about the body catching, I notice he can hands catch. It's just if the ball is in a place where he can use his body, he just will, which does make him a little worse on contested catches. But if you look at his, if you look at game tape, he does show a, a good catch radius for his size. It's not like Zay Jones where it's all body catches all day. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Zay's. Or Zay Flowers. <laughs> Zay, Zay. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were actually talking about Zay Jones. <laughs> that, yeah, then sorry, I meant Zay Flowers. I was like, that's, uh, Zay, that's way too good scouting report on Zay Jones. Zay, Zay Flowers from Boston College. Another um, small catch radius, small wide receiver. Uh, I I don't like Zay Flowers. I, I don't like Zay Flowers. But I would have put him in round three plus, and I think you would have too, Kevin. That's I just correct. said every everyone has this guy at the end of round one, so we have to just like – I don't know. I don't know. We, okay, he's in the round three, guys, for us. Yeah. <laughs> Officially. Um, I just don't. I don't think he gets open as well as these other guys that we've talked about. These other, there are three slot, three kind of slot focused receivers we've talked about here: Smith and Jigba, Addison and Downs, and they, I think they all get open way better than Zay Flowers. Yeah, like, I just would. Zay Flowers got 124 targets last year. I just thought, think maybe he could turn it into more than just barely a thousand yards. I, I don't know. Like part I mean, of it was a limited passing offense, but it's like we talked about with Addison and uh, Smith and Jigman and Downs. They do wide receiver stuff really well. Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers does not do wide receiver stuff very well. He does being really athletic stuff very well. And that gets you 
D Askridge or um, what's the guy's name that uh, uh, St. Louis drafted? Davon Austin. I wrote D Eskridge down when I was watching him. I just wrote D Eskridge and underlined it. That's what I just felt like I was watching for Denver. Felt like I was just watching D Eskridge again. I don't know. I wasn't. He's not old. So I guess that's better. Uh, Sam, (laughs) Sam Laporta. Uh, This is a very sea hockey player. Musgrave jr. (laughs) I don't know. Like he, (laughs) he really, he's huge. He moves super well for how big he is. Um, I'm 4.59 second 40. Uh, he's just the thing about him is is he's not his ball skills are not awesome. I I was no. not like impressed by his ability to catch, which which is like problematic if you're a tight end. Uh, what about yeah. what about speaking of big guys, Kevin Darnell Washington, the biggest of the big guys. Um, Darnell Washington is a left tackle that's really good at catching the ball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he ran a four six four forty, which is gross because he's six seven two sixty five. Um, my comp for him is Brandon Pettigrew that the Lions wasted an early first round pick on and you shouldn't do that, but he's, he should not be able to move as well as he does for his size. That being said, he's kind of limited to like vertical seam stretch yard, like routes or like contested soft zone middle routes. That's what, yeah, I was gonna say he just boxes. All he does is box his man out and that's fine. If he could could create, if he ends Hmm. up with a quarterback who he has a really good connection with. He can be. He could be the best tight end in this class because he moves really well, especially considering his size. He blocks really well, and if he can get the ability to like kind of mind meld with his quarterback the way like Kelsey and Mahomes do, and just run like option routes on every play, uh, this guy will find the open space and box his dude out and make the catch. He's a very sure-handed guy too. For yes, for, I like Darnell Washington quite a bit actually. I'd be and pretty he's excited. A plus plus blocker. I'd be really excited if we got him. I think he's a great fit for us. Uh, uh, maybe move him up to the end of round two, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Tucker Tucker Craft. Uh, another big uh, boy. Tucker Craft, I did not like as much. Um, he, I have him pretty far down there. He's got good size and everything. but he And he's like very scheme versatile and athletic. But he has a lot of drops. He has 12 drops on 132 targets. Um, he has the makings of a good blocker, but like his pad level is always too high and his hands fire wide. Why, is, why doesn't he get thrown to more? He plays for South Dakota state. He's huge and pretty fast. Why is he not? Why is he not getting more looks? That's, well, that's last like, year. He got less looks cause he was injured for five games. Right. But I mean, even then, I mean, in nine games, he got what? Like 20, like 30, 38 targets. Yeah. yeah that's not that, that, okay. Four, like less than four or four ish targets a game. That's not a lot, especially in like, isn't South Dakota state pretty pass heavy offense. Uh, they fluctuate. They play to their talent. South Dakota state's kind of a, um, well, they're they in play, that North Dakota state, Alabama of the, uh, the of worst the conference. They played to their talents. And apparently that was not this guy. Um, <laughs> uh, tall Zach Koontz, six, eight, uh, played with my boy, my my quarterback, my quarterback guy, Kevin, at Old Dominion. Toddy touchdowns. Toddy touchdowns, yeah, exactly. Um, he was hurt a lot of last year. He's coming off a very serious injury. He won't be able to do any athletic testing. Uh, definitely a guy I think the Seahawks could look at at like round six, round seven. Hey, uh, opposite, he did his athletic testing. Oh, he did. I thought he yeah was ran hurt. a four five five forty, had a forty inch broad, a ten foot eight uh, vertical, and I. Uh, he he had a sub seven three cone and a four one two twenty yard shuttle. That's all. That's all very pretty. That's all very great. Good. That seems all very very good to me, especially coming off the serious injury. 
Yeah, he's um, super athletic. Yeah, I think measured the, the, in six the, seven three uh, two fifty five, thirty four inch arms. Like oh, his. Then my yeah. review is he needs to increase his play strength. That's that's my review of Zach Kuntz. Then if, yeah, if I'm copying him to he, Logan Thomas. One hundred percent ready to go. He just needs to increase his play strength. All right, uh, Tank Dell uh, ran slow, <laughs> hurt hurt his hurt his uh hurt, hurt his draft stock a little bit with the running. Slow. Did you see his ten yard split? Was it like really bad? One four nine. It was oh, crazy good. That's very fast. What is he's he'll... he's really quick. He just doesn't have like top top end speed. Like he's he's a he's a short strider, so okay. he's really quick on short and intermediate routes. And I think he can play inside outside, even though he's tiny. Like he just knows how to release on the outside. Well, I would I want a guy to run faster than four or five if he's going to be like one sixty. That's yeah. I don't. I, I understand. <laughs> like I I think I think if you can get him in round four. He's worth a flyer because if he was 5'10", 180, he'd be around one consideration. Sure. Marvin Mims? Uh, big play waiting to happen. Um, he has some burst and change of direction. His deep speed's more build-up speed, but he ran a 4.38. Like, I think that this dude comes in and is an immediate vertical threat from the slot or outside. If he's your wide receiver three, that's pretty good. Parker is Washington? A, wait, is that oh, Mims' sorry. brother? Uh, no, different Mims, I, be- I do believe. I, do, I just don't know how many Mims we have in this world, guys. Sorry. Uh, there's <laughs> see, a number me, of Mims. Let me let me Google Marvin Mims right now, and I'll, I'll look it up while Kevin talks about Parker Washington. Uh, I personally really like Parker Washington. He's one of those wide receivers with a running back build. Um, he played for Penn State, uh, which means that he needed to be able to block, and he also didn't get a ton of targets because their quarterback sucked. Um, he reminds me a lot of Golden Tate, where he needs to polish up his routes, but he just has really, really good ball skills. He's not a burner, but he's like really elusive in the open field. I wish he'd have done his athletic testing. This boy's thick. That's that's what I wrote. That was the first thing I yeah. wrote down. But he's kind of guy. He's kind of is a guy. Golden Tate's a great uh, comparison, Kevin. I really like that, and then I'm, I'm kind of mad I didn't think of it because he's he's thick, but he and he doesn't really. Um, you need to get the ball in his hands. You can't just say like run these routes and we'll get the ball to you. He has to. You have to kind of plan. You have to scheme him open, scheme the ball into his hands. Once he gets the ball, he's really good. Um, and I do I like, think that he could be a good route runner. I just think that Penn State's not good at teaching that. Yeah. Um, if he athletic tests set his pro day really well, I could t- I'd could. be really into taking him in the middle rounds for sure. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson? Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to scout him yet. What was your thought on Xavier Hutchinson? Uh, okay, I got to get... He's I'm, big. I'm, I'm not on my... I'm not on that page on my notes. Uh, Xavier uh, Xavier Hutchinson, I, Iowa Cyclones. Okay, uh, I wrote down. Wish he would have ran faster, but improves every year. Um, he's so okay. So like he's like a guy who had good, his he has he got a ton of targets. He has really good production, which was me, which is what makes me think he's a Seahawks prospect. Uh, this yeah. guy is like was like a college producer. Um, he drops too many passes. But he does a good job, uh, like running routes, and he has good foot quickness. I think he's good. I think Xavier Hutchinson is solid. I wish he would have ran faster. That was like what kind of ruined him for me is that he was like 39th in athleticism score for the for the combine, which is low. He also in, might go a little too high because there's not a lot of guys with size in this draft at wide receiver, and he's one of them. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, uh, Trey Palmer. Dude's fast. Yeah. Four three three forty, and it shows it on the field. Um, he can like, he has elite top speed and he has good gearing to threaten short and intermediate as well. Um, he's really tough. He'll work over the middle. He's got special team experience. 
which I think is important for a guy who's going to be your third or fourth wide receiver. He can do uh, like sweeps and screens and some of those more gadgety plays. He's good with yards after catch, but he needs to like, he's not a tackle breaker. Um, he goes down to like pretty light contact. Um, I, I like him a lot, but he's more of like a, a, just kind of a speed guy. Like I thought of like Nelson Aguilar. Okay. Trey Palmer, he has to be really open to make the catch. If not, he will either drop it or like it won't, it won't be incomplete. He has to be really open and that bothers me, but you're right. He'll be a good special teamer. So I think he can, he can kind of work on those skills on the job a little bit in a way. I like him a lot more in round four than round three. Well, yeah, I, I, I the later, the better, uh, Tyler Scott, uh, Tyler Scott is very fast. Um, and his drops are high, but I think it's because it's kind of like, uh, Quentin Johnston where he tries to make the move before he gets the ball. He ran a four, four, he jumped almost 40 inches and over 11 feet in the broad. He's very athletic. Um, he reminds me a lot of Darnell Mooney coming out where he could immediately be like a field stretcher from the slot, but he could work some outside as he works on his release game. Um, I like him a lot. Yeah, I just don't know for me if it uh, if it's more that he uh, for the the deep catches he only had six, so I just would have liked to see a few more like deep throws for a guy who can burn like that. And I don't know if it's Cincinnati's quarterbacks just sucked last year or what. I didn't watch enough Cincinnati to know. They actually just had a <laughs> bunch of guys that were kind of the same like that, and they okay. all kind of stretched the field, so it was kind of a fight for targets. Okay, then uh, Jalen Moreno Cropper. I Fresno really State, dig right? this dude. Yeah. Um, he's a he's he's got really good. Like he ran a four four, but he doesn't show like burner speed on the field. He shows really good foot quickness, and he's really good at like the top of his routes. Um, he's really good at cuts. He's one of those guys where you constantly see him like he'll 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 he always shows up like a step and a half ahead of the corner coming out of his breaks. And he's, so he's one of those get open guys. He kind of, yeah, I was gonna say for me, he like Fresno state asked him to do everything and he kind of could that, yep. that and, and once he gets to specialize in the NFL, I think he could be one of the like people who grows the most throughout their kind of like an Adam play. Thielen, like All just right, open. And, and then the last guy we wrote down, uh, this is, how do you say this name, Kevin? You told Andre me, I, Yoshivas. Yeah, I've never, I never watched this guy. Um, I know he went to Princeton. That's about it. Uh, look at his stats. <laughs> He had 64 catches for 924 yards last year in the Ivy League. How, how, how is he, Kevin? Uh, my comp for him is Robbie Anderson because he's literally like a track and field star. Uh, no, my comp is Robbie Anderson because that's the draft profile you have to look up. You cannot <laughs> look up Chosen Anderson and get a, chosen, chosen and, and get a draft profile. Chosen, chosen Anderson gets chosen cut to be from a free Arizona. Agent. Robbie Anderson gets thrown to in the Jets. What's that bear? Um, what's that bear doing over there? <laughs> I'm glad you're able to bring that out of the discord and into our lives. Um, so he's good size, speed, athleticism. He's going to get a lot of play. If you want just like an outside vertical threat, um, he is one, but he needs to develop a lot to be more than just like a go post slant drag guy. Um, I don't know. Like uh, if you're drafting him in the third or the fourth as a developmental guy, I think he's interesting. I don't know if he's a great Seahawks fit, but I do think he's an interesting receiver and you're going to hear a lot about him. Some team is going to see his athletic measurements and draft him way too high. All right. Well, that's about it. So there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for as little as $1.24 a month. Uh, be like, uh, join the Discord, come talk to us. Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Dudolph for the Tucci, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, Greta, James, Jose. 
uh, Joshua, Lucas, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, da- Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, and Nick. Also, I'm going to check right now. Did anyone do an iTunes review? Because if you're broke, that's the other best thing to do. Uh, nope. No, you guys failed me. <laughs> all right so so today's uh today we're doing eliminator in honor of the movie 65 releasing in the theater near you uh starring adam driver where he goes 65 million years back in time to fight dinosaurs from his spaceship uh we we, we are going to do a time travel eliminator uh i'm gonna talk about a couple movies that didn't make the cut before we start um 30 movies made the cut so too many uh arrival I did not make the cut. Um, I think it fits the rough definition of time travel, but it's in, it's been in eliminators before you guys already know we, we all like it, especially me. And, uh, I think, uh, it, we can do different ways. And then primer, I eliminated before the podcast started. Cause I hate it. If you want to talk to me about it, you got to come to the discord. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was my, that, that, that was my advertisement. Now I'm going to hopefully pick up a new Patreon who's mad at me. Cause I hate primer. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> First, I'm going to list the movies that we have. Uh, if there's any obvious misses for us, please mention them in the Discord so we can discuss. 12 Monkeys, Army of Darkness. This is alphabetical, by the way. Uh, Austin Powers in Gold Member. Avengers Endgame, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Donnie Darko, Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Hot Tub, Time Machine, Idiocracy, Interstellar, Last Night in Soho, Live, Die, Repeat, Looper, Palm Springs, Planet of the Apes 1968, Run Lola Run, Safety Not Guaranteed, Source Code Star Trek 4 Search for Spock, Superman 1978, Terminator 2, The Atom Project, The Endless, Time Bandits, Time Cop, X-Men Days of Future Past, and Your Name. You guys ready? Born ready. Up. All right, let's do What a let's list. A, this is this has got let's some do, let's, do, let's do alphabetical eliminations today. So that'd be Eric, then Kevin, then Nathan, then coming back, Nathan, then Kevin, then Eric. Do you guys want to snake or do you want to do it? Let's do Let's not snake. Let's not snake today. Let's just do regular. All right, Eric, go ahead. Give me your uh, first. Taking off um, X-Men Days of Future Past first. Oh, wow. First elimination. But that movie has one really cool scene. It does have one really cool scene. Yes. Uh, like all X-Men movies, they all usually have one really cool scene. And Can we talk about the scene in this movie? That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, go nuts. I mean, it's it's this is the one with the Quicksilver scene, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that scene is like super fun. It's, Good soundtrack syncing and everything. The guy who I plays will, Quicksilver, I can't remember his name, but he pretty much steals the show. Whatever yep. he's in. I, I do think this is one of the it, – it's on the better end of the X-Men movies if we're like ranking all of the X-Men movies. Yep. I, I – I have a Days of Future Past poster on my wall, so I obviously like the storyline, but it is a it is the comic, not the movie. Which uh, that's which probably is, why the comic, I'm eliminating the, it. The comic is better, and I think everything they changed from the comic made the story worse. Uh, that it's like they wanted to focus as much as they could on on Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Um, well, I mean, he's handsome, he's talented, and. Uh... That's the six foot four Wolverine is is what the movies are all about. The, Real the, and here's and here's the thing. This is a this is this is a Kitty Pride book, right, Eric? Like at yeah. the end of the day. And like you can sell you can center your movie around Elliot Page. Like you can do that. They are a good enough actor to do that. So I don't understand why 
they didn't just make this a kitty pride movie like that they had the strong actor in place it's not like oh you know we cast i don't know who's like a bad actor that they cast we cast uh I don't know, Daniel Cudmore as Colossus and he there sucks. You go. Yeah. We can't we can't center a movie around him. <laughs> you can totally center a movie around Elliot Page. They're great. So I don't know. It's it was it's frustrating for me. Anyway, we spent too much time talking about the first movie eliminated here. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, hit me. What's the next eliminated? Uh next movie I'm going to eliminate here is not because it's the worst movie, but because it's the worst time travel. And that is Superman nineteen seventy eight. Oh, that was my first elimination <laughs> too. <laughs> It's the dumbest way it. to time travel in a mo- in movie history. Like it's not even a bad movie, but why he, he flies backwards around the Earth to go back in time? It's so. And they're corny. just not going to address all the problems that would create. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, yep. All right, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm going to eliminate. <laughs> this is tough. Uh, which th- this is a good list of movies. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of Donnie Darko. Not like any strong reasons, just because I don't like it as I don't like it that much personally. It's okay. It was it was a movie that was really cool when I was fourteen. <laughs> That's my review of Donnie Darko. I don't I don't I can't Should imagine every if I, every every eighties kid nineties kids movies review of Donnie Darko. <laughs> I can't imagine if I watched it again today that I would be like, oh, this movie is just as good as I remember. It. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'd give it like three stars. It's it, once I'm out of all the teen angst that I needed to like that movie. That's, I was like, once you have an angsty teen, <laughs> I needed I needed I, I needed more teen, I need more teen angst back to to like it. Eric, what's your, what's your next one? Exactly everything you just said is what I'm saying about this one minus the teen angst because six-year-old Eric is calling uh, 46-year-old Eric a jerk. The Time Bandits, you're out. Oh, Time Bandits, no. The 1981 classic. I I think Time Bandits is cool because it has uh, Sean Connery and John Cleese. That's pretty cool. The delightful parts are delightful and the dragging parts are dragging. That's great. That's, that's the perfect review, Kevin. Yeah. Cool costumes too, uh, yeah. and like stuff like that. All right, go ahead, Kevin. Next one. I'm limiting Avengers Endgame because it's Aven- fine. Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly felt obligated to include it so that no one would have to tell me to include it in the Discord. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like I knew it would. I knew it would. Especially interesting to me. It's all just fine. I knew it would come up, and I was like, "Think." Um, that's probably why I like Arrival so much is because the time travel. Oh, I started talking about a movie that's not on the list. Okay, uh, gonna, I'm going to get rid of Looper. Solid movie. Not spectacular. Uh, I love the nose that they made Joseph Gordon-Levitt wear so he looked more <laughs> like Bruce Willis. Uh, this would have lasted a lot longer for me, but it wouldn't have made my top five or anything. Uh, I like Looper quite a bit. Uh, I more so like the fact that uh, the stories of him impersonating Bruce Willis on set to try and, <laughs> yes. to try and get Bruce Willis's, uh, you know, face, his cadence down on everything, and how Bruce Willis was getting really sick of it. And this <laughs> is right. not this is not current with Bruce Willis, who we feel bad for. This is everyone knows Bruce Willis is a jerk, Bruce Willis, and it, that just tickles me. All right, Eric, I really don't want to make a well, at least he doesn't remember it joke, but like. <laughs> Last night in Soho is really good. Um, I just, as far as this list goes, you're you're out. Uh, Kevin, I know we're just chunking movies to delete them, but the order is starting to bother me. I'm getting rid of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban because I don't care. It's fine. Okay. It's I get it out of here. Um, I th- yeah, it's 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 the best of the Harry Potter movies for me. That's that's a that's got to be worth something. I'm gonna get rid of the Endless. I like that movie. It's cool. It's really interesting independent film, but it is 
starting to seem outclassed by a lot of the other movies that are left. Not ended. Uh, uh, (laughs) Eric. Speaking of class, uh, I think it's time to take out Austin Powers, gold member. (laughs) There are are only two things I'm intolerant of, Eric. People (laughs) who are intolerant of other people and people who eliminate the (laughs) Austin Powers and gold member. Uh, no, I I uh, I like that movie. It's good. It's funny. It's stupid. The Austin Powers movies aged surprisingly well. They, you know, I thought like going back to those movies that they'd have too many references that wouldn't hit anymore because we're like so many years past it. But they were surprisingly like not that referential. Like it was just Goldmember is like, more quotable than good. Is my review of it. Yeah, it's I could. That's completely fair. Kevin, you're up. Um. Okay. Let's continue running down movies that are part of big series that I just don't want here. Uh, Star Trek Play- Four. Oh, it's the search for Spock. Yeah, no long- we're no longer searching. That's a that, that is one of the better Star Trek movies. Yep. Uh, I I'm not seeing this movie, but I just don't want it to go any farther. So I'm going to pick the Adam Project. Perfectly. Fair. I watched I watched the Netflix trailer, and I was like, that's about about as much of that as I need to see. I so. watched the movie. It's a real <laughs> you- average movie. Okay, so the good. I'm glad I got rid of it, Eric. Ooh, 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 ooh. Without get without getting rid of a movie I actually like, because all these other movies I actually like. I think I'm gonna go with. I think it's time for Run Lola Run. It's a nice little indie flick, uh, really enjoyable movie. If you saw it back in the day, I don't know how I'd feel about it now, but I think it's time for it to go. I watched it again recently. It, it again, like the repetitive thing was cool. Then it's kind of been done since a little better, but it's fine. It's it, it's a cool movie to have watched. In two thousand three, I saw uh, the lady who plays Run Lola Run three times in one day, going around the city. Whoa, the end. that's crazy, <laughs> uh, Kevin. Uh, we're actually getting to the part where I have to think before I eliminate things. Mm, yes. Um, I think I'm going to eliminate. Uh, Planet of the Apes, 1968. Okay. Um, Damn I, you! I, <laughs> <laughs> well done, Eric. Um, I'm just gonna end on that then. He had the joke in the he had the joke in the queue, no, which is the same way I, the same way the same way I did with the gold member. You just had the he had the joke <laughs> ready from the from the start of the podcast. Uh, I'll go ahead and get rid of Source Code because there's another movie that came out near the same time as this movie that has a very similar plot that is on this list. That is better. Uh, That's fair. So, so I'm just gonna. It's the slightly worse version of another movie on this list to me. They came out so close together. I don't think they're like twin movies like that. I'm talking about Live Die Repeat, um, but they're like similar-ish. They were like came out like like so close together too. Anyway, uh, Eric. Um, the very surprisingly enjoyable Hot Tub Time Machine. Yes, the movie's yeah, fun. Fair. The ending of that movie where Google is changed to Lugal is like... The, the ending is so... I mean, that so movie stupid. is so stupid and so smart. Uh, the <laughs> the bit where Crispin Glover's character is going to lose his arm and you're, it's always like, oh, here it is. Oh, it doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> and the fact that Crispin Glover's in another time travel movie, it just made a... It, surprisingly, I was like, this movie is so stupid. Why did you drag me to this? And then I was like, man, that movie was actually very... Did you see that with me? I can't remember. Maybe. I, I, I remember seeing it with people in a theater, too. I, I don't remember who it I saw wasn't, it. It, it wasn't like I took Abby or something. So, yeah, maybe it was. 
<laughs> I made it's great that I made you see Hot Tub Time Machine. I mean, I I guarantee I saw that movie based on the title only because the title is just I love really stupid. It grabs your eye. Like well, that. Craig Robinson, like, where he just looks at the camera, and goes, "Must be some kind of Hot Tub Time Machine." <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kevin. Um, I think I have to eliminate Time Cop because it shouldn't be in the top ten. I, okay. I I was waiting for somebody. As much to do as it. I, I couldn't do it, Kevin. DVD. I didn't uh, have the heart. Number one in my heart, but not number ten on the list. Uh, uh, Time Cop. <laughs> I mean, Time Cop. Time Cop's really sweet, though. Let's just say that. Uh, Eric, it's an enjoyable never, watch. I've never read the comic. Is the comic better? Or never the read the comic, movie? but I did see that in theaters and be like, "Wow, Jean Claude Van Damme finally did like a really really good movie." Because I was like 18 <laughs> when it came out. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are getting close to the top 10. We're down to like top 12. So we got a few more to go before I read all the, the top 10. I'm going to get rid of... Man, these are good movies. I'm going to get rid of 12 Monkeys. Uh, I don't want it to win. And I'm not, not, not that point now. Where I'm I'm kind of just eliminating movies that I don't want to win. Uh, 12 Monkeys good movie though. Eric... Uh, I'm taking out Palm Springs. All right. I really like that movie. I really, really like that movie. But if we're going through, you know, similar, similar movies on the list, that, that one's, it's got to go. All right. And to make the top 10 here, I think only one time loop movie should make it in the top 10. So I am eliminating Happy Death Day because Groundhog's Day is the king of time loop movies. All right, so we are down to our top 10. Here's our top 10. Army of Darkness, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, and I should say something. We always discuss, we only put one movie from a series on these lists, and we always discuss before the podcast starts uh, which one. So if you think Terminator's better than Terminator 2, Kevin agrees with you, by the way. And, and, if you uh, think Back to the Future 3 is the best Back to the Future, Nathan's right there. No, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at, least, at, least Terminator, at least Terminator better than Terminator 2 is like a very defensible take. Back to the Future 3 better than Back to the Future. I mean, obviously, Back to the Future 2 is the best one. Anyway, uh, back to, uh, starting over. Army of Darkness, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Groundhog Day, Idiocracy, Interstellar, Live, Die, Repeat, Safety Not Guaranteed, Terminator 2, and Your Name. And I have to eliminate first. Yep. I yeah. hate you all. Interstellar. Uh, it is awesome movie. I love that movie. It is too long. Uh, <laughs> all valid points. Make a, make a, make a mini series if you're going to make it that long. <laughs> I, make a six-episode Interstellar miniseries and put it on HBO. Like, I would watch I'm, the crap I'm sure, out of a six-episode Interstellar miniseries. I, so everyone would, and, I, and it would be awesome. That's why you do that. You break it up into six episodes and you HBO gives you a trillion dollars to make it because that's the way it works now. <laughs> uh, all right, Eric, hit me. Uh, I think it's a, a so great. Saw it in theaters. Uh, still so great. Army of Darkness. It's time for you to go. Right. Shop smart. What a fun movie. Shop. Yeah, very fun. That's smart. Uh, Kevin. Uh, I think I have to eliminate Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure here. Um, thoroughly enjoyable, zany Secret, movie. I was secretly rooting for it to win. I just want you to know that. <laughs> so. I think that's fair. I, I, uh, I kind of wanted it, like, it's one of those, there are types of movies I have to eliminate now, and I was down between Idiocracy and Excellent Adventure for, like, zany hijinks, and I, I picked, uh, I picked Idiocracy. I think it's, I think it's fun. It's a fun movie. Uh, super, super fun. 
uh, I'm going to eliminate safety, not guaranteed. Really great independent film. Uh, but we are now down to like stone classics. And I just don't think it's in the, in that same category as these other movies. Uh, Eric. Bring us oh, into if, the top it, five. It, by, by the way, no, yeah, take us to top five. And by the way, if you want to comment on any of these movies when I go by, just feel free to drive by, hit them. Eric, what's your next elimination? Man, it's between three movies and it's like two that I don't really know if they should be in the top five and one I don't want to win. So I'm just going to table that one. Ah, uh, jeez. Idiocracy's out. Okay, I have to say, Idiocracy lately has become so much more uh, poignant to me because I keep getting these emails from Uber Eats. And the emails from <laughs> Uber Eats are like, hey, baby, we love you. We miss you so much. Here's an 80% off coupon for Uber Eats. Like, don't you want to come back to Uber Eats? And it just reminds me of that guy Welcome standing to by Costco. Costco. I love, I love you. you. Yeah. <laughs> just reminds me of that guy. It's like, it's like, dang, we really do live in that world now. We, we live in it. It's only getting worse. Make commentary. Like, like I've, I started snipping out the emails and putting them in the group chat, Kevin. I'm pretty sure I've sent a couple of them to, in, in the group chats here. And, it, and it's basically just like, like, they're just like so horny for getting my business back. It's ridiculous. Why is Costco so hungry? by Carl's Jr. to the end of a sentence is something you can always do to make that sentence better it's like calm down <laughs> calm down uber eats i'll come back someday that's, that's like someday i'll be i'll be hungry enough and lazy enough to use a food delivery <laughs> to pay 20 more dollars to get somebody to get paid two dollars to it bring might, a sandwich. might be next week my wife is going on a business trip all right kevin your elimination it's your turn oh these are really good movies uh back uh-huh. to the future groundhog day live die repeat terminator 2 and your name are the top five for us and i'm eliminating Standing on my soapbox, I, Groundhog Day. Because I think, a, is there a chance, Kevin, that if you would have just made a top five before we started, that it would have been that top five? That's really decent. It's odds. very close. It's very close for me too. Like I think I might have only changed like one or two movies. Uh, Eric, how about you? Is that pretty close to your top five as well? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's funny and it's the king of that genre. Um, really sick of that movie. Like uh, like the like Phil's sick of uh, that Sunny and Cher song. They keep yeah they show it every year on Groundhog Day because it's like the only all day. Groundhog it's also day it's also movie. on throughout the year. Like just treat it like Christmas. You, you get it once <laughs> at the end. You get it once a year. Save it. Save it up. Okay, this is my final elimination. So I kind of want to keep as many. Oh, this is tough. I oh man, I make the final elimination. Wow. This th- this movie's very emotionally affecting. It's very good, um, but I just like the other movies better. So I'm gonna eliminate your name. Uh, I. I'm very tempted to eliminate another. Diff- Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate Back to the Future. I changed my mind. Uh, I just would. <laughs> those movies are even for me. I think I'm Back to the, the Future is so watchable. I'm playing the game here a little this bit. Is and so, this is hard. And, this is hard. And hoping Eric will, will eliminate your name because, and then Kevin will have to choose between the action classics. But, uh, but your name is very good. And it is, it is deserving of all of the applause we're getting here. Back to the Future is also very good. Um, but it's just too weird for me the way he wants to bang his mom. So, or his mom wants to bang him. His sorry. mom wants to bang him. Let's, let's get that right. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's just not, not okay for me. So, okay, Eric, what um, do you, uh, man, I really want a back to the future to, to be in like that eliminator. I don't want your name to win. I just don't. I feel like we're it. always, we're always we're putting up. like some anime. <laughs> we're always taking some anime movie at the top. And I'm like, I'd rather not do that all the time. Uh, I don't think Live Die Repeat should win either. I don't think Terminator should win. Uh-oh, so Eric's, Eric's I'm early. I'm very much what was like Eric all in on is 
I don't know. I, I would have taken Back to the Future over that. When you said your name, I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll take Live, Die, Repeat. And then Kevin's going to pick Back to the Future um, or Terminator 1, and he'll talk about it. I really don't care <laughs> Terminator here. Terminator 1. I'll take out Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, interesting. Oh. Or uh, right. or as it's actually called. What's it, what's it actually called? All You Need is Kill. Yeah, All You Need is Kill. Oh, Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> no, no. All You Need is Kill is the better name. Edge of Tomorrow is the worst one. That's the one it originally yeah, released. That was the worst one. And that's the worst one. And then yeah, they it basically it to... lost forty million at the box office because of that name. The best, the best, an executive made this movie title. Movie title. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. Then we're down to the last one, Kevin. Your name versus Terminator. All right. Two. Well, I thought your name deserved to be in the top five. I did not think it was going to make it to the last two. I'm taking Terminator Two here. As um, the winner, or taking it out? As the winner. Okay. <laughs> hey, you got to be specific. This is an eliminator. Yes, you are correct. Uh, so uh, your name is um, it. It hits you in the feels. Uh, the animation's exceptionally good. Um, I was happy it made the top five, but it wouldn't have made my top three. So Terminator Two, on the other hand, is just excellent. It's it's the action parts are really good. Um, it's one of those action movies that actually manages to like get the emotional parts of it well. It's just, I don't, man, there's a reason why it makes every action movie, every sci-fi movie, every like just blockbuster movie top ten because it's really good. <laughs> okay, now like Doctor Strange, you have the time stone, Eric. You can go back in time and, and change an elimination and steer it in the direction you want. What movie would have won for you? Uh, I think Time Bandits. Is probably <laughs> you if you could if you could go through you'd, you'd want to go through the time you'd want to go through as many timelines as you could until Time Bandits won. That's, yeah, that's what I you should have done. It's there's only one chance in, in seven million for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in Avengers, uh, honestly, like the last one where you have to get to the meme and then let it live the meme. I'll take. I would like really take Back to the Future of all time. This is gonna kill me. Oh, okay, Back to the Future was your Honest, movie. It just. The second so, one is so fine. So my game, the third one my is game. less fine. But Back to the Future one, it's I watched it like two weeks ago. It was on TV, and then I it's sat and watched it. You know how we said Groundhog Day gets shown too much? No one would ever say that about Back to the Future because no. the watchability is so high. Plus, I mean, that, in, in the alternate universe, Back to the Future, where it's a serious movie that isn't that funny with Eric Stoltz. Come on, that's <laughs> what that what, in itself when, is a time thing. Okay, two things is one. I'm glad I played the game correctly. To get you to uh, <laughs> to eliminate Back to the Future to try to not make sure it didn't win. I was a good gameplay move by me. But then the other thing is, uh, Back to the Future, you're right. It's the most watchable movie. And Robert Zemeckis is cool for not being like, no one will remake this movie while I'm alive. Over my dead body, you can remake Back to the Future. Which is sweet because the movie does stand on its own. You're 100% yes. correct. It is still just a straight banger. Like I said, the only thing I don't like about it is that the uncomfortable uh, mom is trying to have a... Kevin, would you would you take Terminator Two as the champ, or would you, if you could Doctor Strange it and work the timelines, would you try to find a different uh, result? Uh, I'm I'm good with it. I think if I was picking my movie, I would have given it to uh, uh, All You Need Is Kill, uh, Live Die Repeat. Okay, nice. Out of the ones Eric, that made the Eric, five, Eric also playing the game well then by eliminating Live Die Repeat to make sure it didn't win. Nice job, Eric. I guess so. Uh, yeah, and then. I think for me, uh, things went fine. Terminator Two is a great choice. Uh, it's it's very possibly my favorite movie on this list. 
I would need more time to think about it. All right. You want to tell us your favorite time travel movie or tell us why we're idiots for eliminating a movie? Head over to the Discord. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, for Eric, for Kevin, go Hawks.